Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eTech Leadership Table. This is a podcast where we invite you to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and join us as we tackle some remarkable discussions on everything leadership. I'm Melissa Wood. I'm your host. I'm the Dean of Leadership Development at eTech Global Services. Welcome to the Leadership Table, and welcome to our friend Amit. Hi, hi Amit. Hi, Melissa. So happy to have you at the leadership table today. I'm excited too. All right. Well, what we're going to, uh, for our podcasters, so that you guys know, every time sitting at a table to me has always been just um, really important. As a, as a child growing up, I would sit with my family at the table. We had some of the most healthy discussions about life and business and leadership, just everything at the table. Some, some right. conversations, yeah, some conversations got heated, some of them. Uh, you know, we're just super funny, but I just love the thought of sitting at the table with friends and family and just sharing some wisdom over any topic, really. And today's topic is most interesting, most interesting. And uh, so our podcasters know if you're taking notes, it's time to pull up your pull up your chair at the table. Join Amit and I as we talk about the importance of a data driven culture. You know, at eTech, we talk about heart and mind leadership, and we talk about the balance of heart and mind leadership. And on another podcast, we talked about the importance of having heart and uh, in, in, in when you're leading an organization. Amit's going to focus his wisdom, and he's going to pour into us today around the mind, the data part of running an organization. But before we do that, I want to um, let you guys understand some information about Amit. He's just not, he just didn't walk in today and sit at the table with us. Uh, he comes with over 18 years experience at eTech. He's a global leader within our organization, very sought out when it comes to trying to uh, uncover strategies to help us be successful. So Amit, will you mind sharing with our podcasters at the table today a little bit about yourself? Sure, Malisa, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about myself. It's been almost close to 19 years now I've been with ETAC. Uh, ETAC was my first experience in the context of the industry. You know, I started as an online chat representative, so-called live chat. And after some time, I got an opportunity to move out of chat and then join the quality team. And that's when I actually started uh, my career with quality. I had it quality for over three, three and a half years. Then I again was moved because of my, you know, core competency being to understand the data well, because I was more focused on quality, understanding the data, understanding the behavior, driving more insights out of it, and then using to make that decision or rather sharing with the operations team. So I was again asked to move to ops and again support ops. At that point in time, live chat was a very small piece of our business being in India. So that's where I started again with the ops group from almost uh, a team of 20 people to over 400 chat agents in India. And then uh, I think it was late 2010, 2010, yes. In December, I got an opportunity to move out of ops again and then play a more strategic role. So, and again, why? Because I, I had a core competency of looking at the data from a different aspect understanding it and helping uh, the leadership team make or the board make the decisions quickly. So that's where I decided to up, uh, move into strategic role. So it's been over now 12 years since I've been into a strategic role, I've been more uh, supporting the board and the executive team to make the decisions because 
most of the decisions that we make is purely based on data there's no emotions involved into it it's, it's purely business we look at the data from a different aspect of it we brainstorm and then we make decisions so it's been quite interesting and, and that's the reason i think i love uh, when it's all about the topic is data i i, I kind of consider you the doctor of e-tech because you you it's like you look overlook at the blood work you look at the x-rays you look at all the information you take the emotion out of it and you look at right. the best solution that's going to help us to live in a certain area so and i have seen you do that year over year and time after time it has really gotten e-tech from maybe a, a, a failing an area that we we're failing in to an area that we become an expert in so i just want to say thank you uh, for your service of e-tech for all almost 19 years now and it was over 18 years i didn't know how close when is your anniversary what day is your what month is your anniversary it's going to be september Oh, well, it's coming up. We're, we're getting right. really close to 19 years. You're still a teenager. You're still a teenager, Amit. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, then we talk, and in our coaching philosophy at eTech, so our podcasters know, you know, I talked a little bit about heart and mind leadership. And then we, we do a little coaching called um, data-driven decision-making. We call it vitamin D. You know, in vitamin D, it provides us, uh, you know, with the nutrients that we need to be right. successful. And that's where Amit comes in. He and his team come in with our vitamin D. Not emotion, but just the facts, just the vitamin D. So Amit, when you say um, data-driven culture um, can help amplify, I mean, you said it can amplify the call center success. Um, what does it mean to have a data-driven culture? So in my opinion, Melissa, in my experience, in the last 25 years I've been walking in data, something you know that is always excited me because uh, I look at the data from a different aspect altogether and I try and see from different dimensions to see how is this going to help change uh, the decisions. Uh, is there any other way that I can look at it probably that's going to influence the decision and, and it's not that the decision is always going to be right but majority of the time rather 95% or, or maybe you will have a higher success rate in using your data to influence your decision. Now when we talk about a data driven culture I, I look at it from that way, or, or rather it's my, in my opinion, it's the mindset that organizations have, you know, where they rely on data for making any kind of strategic decisions or on a planning. Now, uh, data is collected from various sources. Now, it could be your internal systems, you have external ones, you analyze the data, and then you use that to make some business decisions that you really want to make. Now, companies with this kind of culture are always looking at ways to improve you know the profitability or you talk about the efficiency you talk about the productivity of your team members and but that's where the data comes in if you don't look at the data you cannot really help see the progress either of these areas whether you're talking about the efficiency of the people or the process so you're looking at the profitability and that's the key to the stakeholders right so regardless of the industry that you work with uh, i i come from a context and industry but I think in any industry, data is the key. It's the most important element I see, which is which can be used and which should be used for any kind of strategic decisions that you really want to make. I call that as a strategic asset for an organization that can help you identify your pain points. It can help you identify any kind of opportunities and, and any kind of changes that you want to adapt to it, right? By creating a data, driven culture i mean of course it's just not simple it's just not a one-time change you can do it and forget it it requires a lot of patience 
it can gradually help you overcome some of the challenges that you have it and then by investing into the right tools uh, you can actually train your people develop their culture make them understand the importance of the culture they can help you really inculcate that culture within every single individual in the team and absolutely this culture actually starts from top to down so it's very important for uh, the ceo of the company or the chairman of the company and the president of the company to understand how data driven culture is going to make a difference in the organization and that's where you know you start talking about it you talk about your vision you help everybody understand you communicate it often to let them know you know how this this going to help make decisions so every single function in the organization maybe it hr training operations whatever functions you talk about it can actually use the data improve the processes can really make very strategic decisions that can really help improve the organizations so data driven culture is a factor that you know determines how successful you are in your efforts to improve results or rather we talk is the bottom line is the profits of any organization yeah. and these profits are the gasoline for etech i like to say in our vehicle these profits are the gasoline that help us to do the things that our vision and uh, empowers us to do is to make a remarkable difference for each right. other uh for our customers and within within our communities we talk right. about uh, i said before heart and mind leadership and what you're really focused on amit really helps um the etech team to to really get remarkable in the mind aspect of it I think about raising children. Um, you know, I know several of our podcasters have families. I know you do as as well amid and you know when we talk about data-driven culture, that's in our family as well. Um, we talk about heart leadership, that's in our family as well. Um, and I can explain it to our, our podcasters and amid you can correct me if you think I'm on the wrong path here, but when I talk about data-driven culture and I talk about being intentional and balancing heart and mind, which is your data You have to love on your children, right? You have to show them love and compassion. That's the heart piece. Right. But you also have to have mind. You have to teach them some basic skills to survive in this world, right? And then you have to look at their performance, grades for instance at school, right? That would be mind leadership. Right. Those those grades, those test scores, um where they where they do good in a certain area, that helps you to help your child. All the while maintaining your love and care for them. So that's right. where this balance comes in. We we are a servant-led company and thanks to Matt Rocco for many years. I know Amit even before you came on almost since your 19 year anniversary, Matt really pushed the servant-led company. And when we talk about data-driven culture, that is not in the absence of the heart leadership. That is intentional to put them both side by side. but the when you do not like he like Amit said when you do not have the data you're really just you know one of those parents that just love on their kids and they never have uh responsibilities they never have uh re- requirements they never look at their report card those kids mm-hmm. get out of line and and it it's devastating to the child right it's devastating right. to that child and that's exactly what i hear you saying Amit is if we do not um think smart and lead smart on the data then we're just being nice sweet leaders in an organization and we're going to suffer and it's going it's going to ultimately kill us it's like going to the doctor and 
paying no attention to what the blood work said. Our blood pressure is high, our numbers are out. And we're like, oh, don't worry about that. That That's gonna kill an organization. So I, I hear you talking about that when it talks about our culture. You know, reading the Harbor Business Review, the research says 72% of companies, they're falling behind on building a data-driven culture. Um, what do you think the obstacles are and what are some things specifically that some of our podcasters, if they're leading companies or they want to start a company or they want to reach out to us and, uh, you know, know our secret sauce, admit, if you will, if they're sitting at the leadership table with us today, what are some specific things that when we think about 72% of companies um, are failing at it, what would, what would you say that from your point of view, we need to do? What advice would you give? So I think when the Harvard reviews or research talks about 70% companies falling behind and building that data-led culture, I think one of uh, the common uh, factor could be is like people failing to understand the importance of the data. It's not that the data doesn't uh, is not really present. Every organization is, is collecting data in, in some or the other form. Maybe it's too unstructured for people to understand the data and trying to organize the data and then make decisions out of it. But when, you, when we talk about the culture in any organization, I just talked about in my previous uh, response, like uh, the data in any organization or the cultural, uh, the data-driven culture in any organization starts from top to bottom, right? It's, it's just always from top to bottom. When the leadership team really understands the importance of the data and how it can significantly uh, improve your results, and when they when you have the buy-in, it's going to help you actually translate your vision and then communicate back to everybody within the organization, right? Like when we talk about contact center, right, specifically. So top to bottom, I mean, is right up to the agents in the contact center. They really need to understand the data, how to read it, and how can they make use of the data to improve their own performance, right? So that's something, you know, at every level in the organization, uh, people really need to understand what the data is and once you use that approach, you know, you can transform your results uh, in the business, helping you to optimize your operations or maybe improve customer satisfaction and drive your organizational growth. So when it comes to being a data driven, there are a few key things that you need to put in place. The key thing in my opinion is to have a systematic process for gathering your data that's the step one or cleaning your data and then how you store that data. So you need to have a processes like data discovery or data mining or data preparation or data integration, having a warehouse for the data and even then finally reporting the data out. Now reporting the data can be done in various forms like uh, some people use Excel based, some people use some BI tools uh, which are available in the industry to actually visualize the data and makes it easier for the decision making. So there are a number of factors that contribute to a data-driven environment, starting from having a clear vision, right? Like I said, from top to bottom, like keeping your data accessible, meaning that everybody in your organization should be able to access the data. So it should not be really securing it. Of course, data security is very important, but what I mean by is accessible is just having the right permission for people to access the data they need to, so that they can make use of the data to their level and start making use of it and then start showing progress. That's what I mean by keeping the data accessible. How uh, you maintain the data, encouraging a data-driven mindset, like encouraging people asking every team member uh, in your organization a question which 
forces them to present the data back to you and using data visualization tools like SAP, because data visualization tools makes it easier for you to present your data uh, to the decision makers, makes it easier for anyone to actually conclude things. So that's that's how you know you can actually create some environment within the organization. A data-driven approach in uh, your mind should be very clear, you know, as an organization, and that should be very well communicated to everybody within the organization. That means uh, to the all level of management, how they should be utilizing the data to make the decisions. By having a clear vision, you can actually shape the culture. Uh, the way you want your employees to operate the business, meaning like I talked about every function in the organization, right? If you teach them how to do it, right, they would know how to make the decisions using the data. Uh, this is not only going to lead the lead to better decision making, but it's going to help the organizations to achieve your goals more effectively. Like we do a yearly planning or we do so-called strategic planning every year, we set goals. But just having the tactical plan is not enough. Once you have the data available there, you know if you're making the progress in the right uh, in the right direction or not. So your yearly plans can be measured with the help of the data to see if we made the progress or not. Just not the revenue, but there are many many ways you collect the data and see you know how uh, how much progress are you actually making in that direction. So if you want to create a data-driven culture in your organizations, it's very important to hire data visionaries. So called data visionaries, what I mean by data visionaries, these are, these are people who are very passionate about data. You know, they're going to be logically looking at everything. They're going to ask for information, which is going to be in the form of some or the other data. And these individuals are going to be instrumental to help you create their culture because they're going to try things which are going to be new. They're going to be open to change. They're going to be very creative with their approaches. And that's what data visionaries is going to help are going to help you they're not only expert uh, in terms of looking at the data but those are the people who are going to produce more valuable data to you uh, which is going to help you understand the data easily and how can you improve your data driven decisions is also something that they can contribute and, and eventually drive results out of it so in order to create a data driven culture it is important that all your employees work with the data or they start learning uh, how to use the data and there are there are several ways you know you can teach people um, in terms of how to use the data some of the simple tactics or, or tools could be you know conducting webinars in the organizations doing some small workshops for people to learn how to make use of the data and of course uh, in the digital world you have a lot of online courses available uh, that can help your employees or your team members learn to make use of the data if i talk about e-tech itself like uh, we've got many data scientists right now in the organizations who've got certifications after certifications they've learned to use various tools and they've been adding a lot of uh, values to the organization and, and those are the people i call data visionaries because they become really passionate about the data and when we're talking about creating a data-driven uh, culture, of course, it's not going to be easy, right? It's going to come with several roadblocks, it's going to come with several challenges. To name it a few, like this, the first point itself is going to be a challenge itself, meaning creating and maintaining the data-driven culture. Because often we're going to start with a great momentum and then we're going to lose the focus uh, slowly. So it's very important the top to bottom that we we try and sustain that momentum uh, changing the mindset of everybody in the organization is the key to actually sustain that momentum when we talk about creating the data-driven culture 
uh, another piece that i've experienced is uh, dealing with unstructured data because every function is going to have the data collected but it's so unstructured that you really need to figure out ways to uh, structure the data and make it more presentable to make the decisions quickly out of that third important thing in my opinion is uh, the right tools and technology now these days there are many options available for uh, the technology and they definitely come with a lot of cost so they're not really cheap they're expensive but along with the cost there is also an additional cost of actually having an experts to use it meaning you really need a skilled or a specialized skills to make use of those technology because without them this technologies will not produce any value to you so having all these things in place is you can definitely overcome some of these challenges that i just talked about and then definitely create a phenomenal data driven culture i am i'm taking notes diligently you see me taking notes over here and i, I know do. many and I, I know many of our podcasters are as well and i really like the way you don't just kind of talk about it in general you actually flow charted out a process i'm 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 flow charting out a process here when you talk about the storage warehouse and you wrote down the you know you have to have a place to store the information then you have to report that information out you have to have a process and you wrote down elements of the reporting process you talk about making it accessible to everyone you broke down areas of making those things accessible and then you talk about data encouraging how you have to not only make it accessible but you have to change the minds and then you broke down the process of changing the minds from top down from from bottom up or whatever way you want to talk about it in an organization about a vision um how to read the data how to interpret the data and then i love how you're kind of closing things around when you close the loop and talk about the right tools and technology you need to be able to do these things and i think the cherry on top and i see that your eyes glow when you talk about this is this data visionaries um you Absolutely. really have to you have to have these data visionaries because you have to be intentional and like you said it's kind of like a like a health journey like we start out really exciting and then we kind of start to slack off a little bit and you need these data visionaries to come in and follow up and I believe you use the word momentum several times and they keep the momentum right. going um and I also really right. like the way you talk about you're going to have to fail and Patrick um Patrick Reynolds when he talked about, you know, the chat culture, creating a chat culture when we talked to him in one of our table talks, um he talked about failing forward, making mistakes but moving that forward. So, for all of our podcasters, I know you guys are taking notes here. You have just got a plan, you got a you got a flow chart. I've got a flow chart on uh, the data-driven culture. There is no part of an organization, listen to me podcast friends. There is no part of an organization that is not driven by data from human resources mm -hmm. to leadership development to training to facilities to marketing to operations to information technology when we talk about any department um we we talk for the contact center experience obviously because that's where we have most of our experience but there is no area that is not driven by data and amit so clearly laid that out for us and just kind of in closing amit um etex helping other companies do this like right. we this is why there's a clear program because we're a you if you're out here in the podcast world and you're like i want to do it 
but uh, we're just not organized enough to do it. That's why we have a mint because he helps us to say, he and his team help us to stay organized. So just briefly, can you kind of close and let us know how eTech is helping other organizations be more data-driven? Certainly I can. So eTech has been in the business for over 20 years now, you know, and eTech is so focused on producing the context and analytics because that's where we come from in the last 20 years, right? The context center analytics is, is, is based on the collection of data again, you know, it's again based on context center information, which is collection, measurement, and reporting of the performance metrics within the context center. Now, when we talk about reporting uh, the performance metrics, so-called KPAs, key performance indicators for the agents, for each function within the organization, right? So we produce so much of data, we track the data, uh, and then we track agent performance, we report it out. We not only provide that data to the supervisors or managers or leadership team, but we present that data to our agents as well. Meaning at the same time, agents get to see their own data. As soon as they log in into the system, they can see their performance for the previous day or the, the previous week or the previous month. They can see the trends. They know where exactly they're going wrong which are the areas they need to really focus on and what can be done. Of course, the supervisor is going to sit with them, talk about their opportunities using the data again. That data can be based on their performance, that data can be based on the quality analytics, and then help them improve the result. That can be data, again, clubbed with the training information as well to see how well have they done while they were trained, and then combining everything and helping the agents improve the performance. But one of the key or one of the secret sauce we have with eTag is our one of the divisions called eTag Insight, which is a quality and analytics division. Now, that is what differentiates eTag in the industry. Our team of quality analytics or quality analysts, so called, these people analyzes the context and the data using speech analytics, right? So we transcribe the information, the meaning from voice to text, we analyze every phone call. This gives you full visibility into every context center interaction that took place within the context center. Now, traditionally, all the organizations have been looking at a very simple, small sample size, or we call a very small sample size of evaluations or so-called quality audits. And that's not really enough to understand the key opportunities that lies within the organization or for a specific process or for an agent. Now, what I mean by that is on an average, an agent would answer roughly about 800 calls in a month, right? But just auditing only 20 odd calls is not gonna really give you good insights about the opportunity that agent has or the, pro the process has, I mean, in terms of business process. So what we do with the help of the AI or the artificial intelligence speech analytics based platform, we listen to all 100% of the interactions. We look at all piece of the information and then we look at the data to see what exactly the opportunities are. So it's just absolutely available to see from all aspects. Agents and supervisors both have a clear line of sight into the performance, a KPIs dashboard ensures that they not only understand what went wrong, but why and how they can fix it. Because that's the key, right? Knowing what is wrong it's not that difficult, but understanding why it went wrong and how you can fix it is something that is going to help you change the behavior of the agents or rather drive, uh, you know, results. 
an agent on average interacts with four different tools to improve just understand the performance of when we talk about the data right but with etag we build tools for example one of our quality analytics platform called qwell that helps you look at the data within the one system meaning if it's coming from speech analytics if it's coming from manual audits if it's even if there is an information it's in, it's indicated with the training platform meaning if the agent knows where the opportunities are though the platform is linking it to a lms system so the agent can directly from there go and learn the modules that is going to help the agent improve the performance so that's something which is unique that we built it within our company uh, based on our experience in the industry for over 20 years and this is all hands on experience being in operations so it's a combination of operational experience uh, software development and everybody coming together uh, to produce all this kind of insights so the key is to actually operationalize the data when you collect the data from a quality standpoint right and that's what differentiates us that uh, how our quality analytics division is different or maybe how our product is different because we bring in a lot of that experience from operations to overall develop the product now the businesses does not need to really you know uh or maybe create an opinion to understand you know what the customers are calling about but speech analytics actually helps you understand why did the customer call it how many times did they call it what are the reason the call drivers that we have here which is driving the cost in the contact center if it's in a mall contact center right or they usually survey the customers and try and understand how they felt about the the interaction with the contact center or or their experience about but usually the response rate is not going to be more than 6 to 8% and again that's a very small sample size to actually make decision uh, and really create a great foundation for any brand so that's yeah. not really much and that's where we utilize our technology our experience to see how can we leverage that produce more data which is going to give you actual insights and the reality uh, to transform your business so with ai we are able to listen to every call like i said identify why each customer is calling what they think about your brand are they happy uh, you can quantify the complaints you can map the trends develop over real time and then see uh, are they about to churn or not now that the brands are able to understand you know so much about the customers they're able to make decisions based on the da- uh, the data which we produce it back to them or which we share it with our operations team again to improve the process and all that can be tested you know in real time by implementing the changes uh, that our quality team would recommend it back to them for a small period of time and if they see those changes are really making a difference uh that can be continued or a quality analytics team will further look at the data make further changes and then report it back to the operations of the client so the key is here is is we analyze calls and the data provide actionable insights but we just don't stop there right we we follow with the recommendations and then we track the improvements again that's this is the steps that is being followed to see you know uh analyzing the data providing some actionable insights followed with the recommendations and tracking improvement because that's the key to understand if you're actually progressing or not so that is how etech leverages the experience in the industry for our own operations team and for a lot of our customers that we provide quality analytics yeah i'm really glad you plugged in that we do this internally like we we don't just say hey look what we have to offer we we try it in house 
Uh, we test these things out in-house and we help ourselves to be more profitable uh, and productive right. so we can, uh, push through to our vision. Well, thank you very much for sharing everything all about uh, a data-driven culture. I know we talked about when we opened, this table is for such that it is, we said this is a leadership table where we tackle everything uh, leadership. And some people may say, Melissa, what does data-driven culture have to do with leadership? This is how we lead. We lead with heart and mind leadership, and we have a balance of that for both. And we like to call it vitamin D, vitamin data. Um, and just as important as taking your vitamins, vitamin D helps you to stay healthy. And a data-driven culture helps us to stay healthy. Until next time, I ask you to join me at the leadership table. Everybody give a bit of thanks. And if you guys have questions about how you can uh, start a data-driven culture, you just want some questions about how we do it, reach out to us. We're happy to answer any of those questions. Until next time, I'll see you at the table. Thank you, Amit, for your time. Thank you, and I'll see you. Pleasure back to you. All right. You guys have a good day. Bye. Goodbye.